Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. The Monopoly game at Macca's is back. Download the My Macca's app and get in the game today. Welcome to the Macca's Run with Sam Hargraves. Ah, uh, yes, indeed. Very good evening to you. Welcome to the Macca's Run. Hope you've had a good day as you possibly can, however you've been putting it in. Where have you been putting it in? It is wonderful to have you on board the Macca's Run this evening, however you're finding us, wherever you're finding us, right around the country on the SEN network. Uh, the Macca's Run catching up the speed on everything that's been happening throughout the course of the day, all the major news stories, and then giving you your say on the news of the day. You can do that on the Harcourt's open line, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Your move, your Harcourt's for all things real estate. Speak to Harcourt's for all things sport. Just give me a call on the Harcourt's open line and speak to me. You can text in if you can't call. 40 Winks Temper text line. Consumer choice winner. Temper mattresses, pillows and adjustable bases conforms to the exact shape of your body. How good does that sound? Not as good as it feels. Uh, And we do it for Macca's. Score a one in four chance to win with a Monopoly game at Macca's. Oh, (laughs) there is so much, so much to talk about from the weekend, and especially when it comes to footy. Uh, at 6.30, Matt Rendell is going to join us just to dissect the prelims. We'll get his view on the Brownlow and a quick little look ahead uh, to what's to come in the 2022 Grand Final. Geelong, Sydney, MCG, Saturday afternoon, probably the two best teams for the year. Well, in the back half of the season, Melbourne going on that 10-0 run, but when it mattered most, the two best teams of the year, as they so often find themselves, are in the Grand Final. So... The prelims on the weekend, one was a classic that fits in with any of the great SCG finals, 1996 prelim, plugger's point to get Sydney Sydney into the granny, Nick Davis's 2005 semi-final heroics, and it'll be discussed in the bar rooms and back alleyways uh, and offices and around water coolers for many years, and so it should. Sydney just holding on to win by a point. They led by about 36 halfway through the third quarter. Collingwood again doing what Collingwood have done all year, and that is just to refuse to concede, to refuse to accept defeat. Uh, and they push every week and, and push every team that they played, especially in the second half of the year, all the way to the end, to the very end. There's an old saying, wasn't there, when you were learning footy as a kid and your coach would say, push all the way through and pass the cone when you were doing your run-throughs. Don't pull up ahead of the cone. Run all the way through and pull up 10 metres past the cone. I've always thought of Collingwood when I've, I've always thought of that when I've thought of Collingwood this year. They play siren to siren and they refuse to accept that they are out of a game until the very last siren. So they can hold their head up high. What a phenomenal season. No one expected that coming from 17th to 4th. Uh, through the year, any game under seven points, um, any game by under a kick that they were in 
they won 0 and 7 in those games. Unfortunately, in the fi- 7 and 0 in those games. Unfortunately, 0 and 2 uh, during the finals. But it falls agonisingly close for them. But Sydney get through. Um, message to the AFL: Don't ever hold a Sydney final anywhere else other than the SCG ever again. The other joint that we were playing them at as much soul as an unfinished shoe and um, never uh, a final should be played there uh, ever again. Um, the other preliminary final is probably best never discussed again, especially from one team's point of view. Um, they'll be pretty embarrassed by that one, the Lions, 71 points in the end. Uh, but that'll be a loss that'll either make them, in terms of Lions, that'll end up making them Simba or Scar. You're either going to go away... Go and find Timon and Pumbaa for a while uh, in the off-season and then come back and reclaim the lands that stretch all the, to the far as the eye can see or you'll just end up being Scar and just um, sort of wilting away into bitterness about what might have been. Um, I reckon it'll be the former. They'll either rise spectacularly from that embarrassment on Friday night or it'll be the moment that we point to as the beginning of the end and when that window started to close for them uh, and close pretty quickly. Their off-season is going to be fascinating, and we'll get to the news of today in and around uh, Josh Dunkley, who has um, officially requested a trade to the Brisbane Lions. We'll talk about that uh, in a moment from the Western Bulldogs. Geelong commanding, assured their preliminary final performance doing to Brisbane what Melbourne really did to them last year. Uh, But they will be going into a, a GF without having really been tested. But in saying that, it didn't bother Melbourne last year and it may not bother the Cats this year. They just uh, they just went on and did it as just as comfortably last year, Melbourne, after what they did in the prelim uh, as they did the week before. So that means we've had six out of eight finals this year that have been phenomenal. They have been entertaining. They have been close. They have been exciting. They have been controversial. They've been everything and more that we'd want from finals. And now we just need to make sure that it's seven out of nine that reach that mark. And this season will truly be the greatest in living memory that I can remember. You throw in the most exciting Brownlow medal count finish since, I heard Jerry Whateley say 2003, and I can't think of a year that might top that for excitement levels since so I'm happy to take your recommendations. one 736 736 Harcourt's open line or off the temper text, 40 Winks temper text. Uh, get your unique bed match profile and find the right bed for you, 40 Winks, serious about sleep. And I think if we can get a grand final that is befitting of the season, then we will sit back at the end of all this, our feet up, content as Christmas lunch content. You know that level of content? When you've had the big meal, you've, you've stuffed yourself, you've had everything you could have possibly wanted and more... And then you just sit back at the end of it all and go, wow, life doesn't get any better. Footy life won't get any better if we can be feeling like that at the end of what's to come on Saturday. Uh, Paddy Cripps, 2022 Brownlow medalist. He catapulted himself from third to first with the final three votes awarded in the final game of the final round of the season, which itself decided the top four and the top eight, and has now decided the Brownlow. Uh, can you think of another game in history that's had that much effect, had had, had, had that many ramifications to it? Um, the game had it all. Uh, one vote win to Paddy had a Lockie Neal, who will probably rue the day that he met Marcus Windhager and heard the term, the failure to afford procedural fairness. 
which is, as we know, uh, the term that helped Paddy Cripps have his two-game ban for his bump on Cal Archie in round 21, overturned at the appeals board uh, after failing at the tribunal on a technicality. Uh, comments from Gil McLaughlin that are going to be in this week's AFL record where he speaks about how agitated he was by the appeals board's decision. Um getting off on a technicality, and that's got nothing to do with Paddy Cripps, so you need to read the full account of that because all people are reading at the moment is he's very agitated and people are thinking, oh, he's very agitated about Paddy Cripps getting off. No, what he was agitated uh, about um, is that it didn't make sense to him. He, was, he said, I was frustrated to have a legal view about due process or procedural fairness, a complete nonsense, affect a clear mandate to protect the head. He said, we confused our supporters, we set ourselves back, and that really frustrates me. Uh, so this was more about what they're trying to do in protecting the head. It had nothing to do personally with Paddy Cripps, and I'll play what Gil McLaughlin has said today about Paddy Cripps uh, in just um, a, a moment. I've got to say... I love this for Paddy Cripps. I've been pretty outspoken on how I think he's been managed, in my humble opinion, from the outside looking in, in the early part of his career, actually through most of his career. The load that he's been asked to carry for that team from essentially the day he walked in the door, but I'll, I'll give a little bit of leeway because Chris Judd was still there at the time. Um, but from his second year, he was their number one contested possession winner and their number one centre clearance winner. Now, that is a great testament to him but they then then just threw everything else out around him. They they just got rid of the rest of the shop. They traded out any other player who could win a contested ball or a clearance and then left him with all outside mids, and he had to do it all alone and all on his own. Um, and then we find out last night, and I'll find you the audio. I haven't uh, teed it up yet, but from his acceptance speech last night when he talked about almost not playing a game in 2019 because he was just fried physically, mentally, he wasn't going to play. He just could not bring himself to have to get up and do it all again. Just imagine that. Just didn't want to play. Just did not want to be out there anymore. It had all just gotten to him and worn him down. That's a year he won the player's MVP, by the way. And he got best on ground in that game. He decided to play in the end. And that's what he's done for that club. He's put it above himself, above his own well-being. He has shouldered more burden and more responsibility than anyone else throughout the time that he's been there. Um, I've never thought they have put his best interests above their own. Um, that's just from my view outside looking in. Last year, he was 26, looking 36. This year, though, new CEO, new coach, they bring him in actual help in the areas that he desperately needed help in. And surprise, surprise, he's at his best ever year. Who would have thought? Uh, it just goes to show that when you get drafted, where you go is actually more important than what number you go. He's picked 13 from his draft year, by the way, the first Brownline medalist uh, from it. So I'm absolutely wrapped for Paddy Cripps. Um, speaking of Paddy Cripps, he was on with uh, Gary and Bucks earlier and uh, early this morning and spoke about what the Brownline means to him. It's one of those things, yeah. You grow up quick and, um, you know, I still feel like it was yesterday when I was, you know, 13, 14, back at boarding school. And, um, yeah, I used, to, I used to always love watching, you know, the Brownlow and, um, you know, try and pick, pick the winner, who's, who's played the best of the year. And, um, yeah, I've got my older brother, so he's always signed me out and we used to always watch together. And, um, yeah, now it's come to actually winning one. And, um, yeah, it's special. I, um, I grew up a massive Eagles man and, um, got a message from and Juddy and, and Benny Cousins straight after the, oh, I won it, and that was that was pretty special. That's pretty is pretty special, and you can see what it meant to him this morning and what it meant to him last night when he spoke about that as well. Paddy Cripps also about now enjoying his footy more. Yeah, I think it's the most I've enjoyed my footy. It's um, 
you know, I always love helping guys around me and um, there's no better reward than, you know, when you help, especially young guys, and you get a win and you see the, them play senior footy with a smile on their face. So, um, yeah, I, I felt like this year, especially the midfield group, um, I felt like we had a really dynamic mix and um, we spread the load. Um, we really had a bit of punch out of there. We had a few injuries late, but um, I feel like we're really building something special in there and... Um, yeah, it's probably the first time in my career that I felt like we, we really gained some traction, not only as a team, but some, as a midfield group. And um, we'll build on that, especially the, what Bossy implemented this year. And um, I suppose last year, like I said, we were sort of going with a bit of hope, and now we've got a really good platform to continue to build off. So you might think I'm being a little harsh on Carlton when I say what I've been saying about Paddy Crisp, but he's telling you that this is the most he's enjoyed his footy. And I wonder why that is. And he talks about that they finally feel like they've got a midfield group and they're connecting in a way that they want to connect. So, you know, Hewitt comes in. And for most of the year, Hewitt was actually averaging more centre clearances than Paddy Cripps. So he's shouldering his part of the load there. And then Walsh has become a bit more inside now. And Chera comes in and helps with that. And Kennedy's had a, a fantastic year when he wasn't injured. So there's people that are pulling their weight and he doesn't have to do it all inside there anymore. And, and it was Jerry Whiteley when a lot of people were thinking that Paddy Cripps was a spent force, that he didn't deserve a big dollar contract. I don't remember many others saying this, but I remember Jared Whiteley saying his best footy is ahead of him. And that was quite prophetic and proven to be 100% spot on. He's had a career best year and, and absolutely wrapped for him. Um, he did speak about how the night unfolded for him too. That's a weird one. You sort of... Um... I suppose throughout the week you have a look, but you never actually know. And um, I sort of I wasn't too nervous. I was sort of like, um, you know, hope for the best, but prepare for the worst. Like if it happens, it happens. And, you know, so I thought around one, I was a lock for three, and I got one. I'm like, all oh, right, so I've got a few, <laughs> a few beers. Might have a few beers here, and then all of a sudden I got a few votes, but I didn't think I would. So um, I think that's the beauty of the brownway, though. You, you never know what's around the corner, and um, sometimes you you poll when you. You're not expected, and sometimes you're under pole and you, you think you're going to get a few. But um, oh, I suppose the last few rounds, I started the nerves kicked in, and um, yeah, all of a sudden the the, the last result get, got called out, and and you're up on stage giving a speech, <laughs> and um, you're a Brownlow medalist, which is is pretty cool. Paddy Cripps, uh, sen.com.au to hear the full chat with Gary and Bucks. Uh, the Wisp is back tomorrow, so Gary and Tim from six a.m. What did you think of the night? So we covered it on SEN, absolutely loved being there, especially before the count started because we got a spot at the top of the stairs as the players come through. Our producer, Johnny Donahoe, went and grabbed uh, just about everybody. Um, we got to speak uh, to some of the who's who. in the foot. You know you're having a good night when even uh, Toby Green agrees to come and have a chat to you. Um, but it was fantastic to be there and to, to speak to all the players as they came in and, and, and you get the sense of them of how much uh, they enjoy the night for the most part. Um, the count is interesting at times um, with what goes in and on around it. Dane Swan tweeting that we might have just lost our way when we're doing a whole package celebrating people who got one career vote. I get the uh, the kitschness of it all. Um, we were riding uh, and rooting for Jack Sinclair, who in about 120-odd games hadn't got a Brownlow vote yet. He was All-Australian this year. He ended up getting six, I reckon, and uh, that was cause of much celebration. So there's interesting things going on throughout the course of the night that make it quite humorous. Uh, the count itself was absolutely thrilling at times controversial. Votes are awarded and, and uh, where they weren't awarded, the impact they have on the outcome. Should you get three votes in a losing side? Dermot Brereton always says that the best
best player on the ground should be the person who has the most impact on the result. So do you go along that line or just who had the best individual game and consequences be damned? Um, you know, Took Miller got a lot of votes in games where the Gold Coast Suns lost. Paddy Cripps' last two votes uh, sets of votes that he got were in losing games against Adelaide and then in Collingwood in the final round. I think the funniest one of the night, though, and I'm going to find the audio of this, is the Brisbane Lion boys were out on their silly Sunday, and uh, apparently Zach Bailey guaranteed that in the round seven game, where he had 20 disposals and kicked six goals, that he would definitely get the three votes. He ended up with the two and then walked out of the venue uh, where they were celebrating. Um, what did you make of the Brownlow? Did you enjoy the broadcast? Did you enjoy our broadcast of it? Um, Billy saying, two words, too long, off the 40 Winks temper text. Uh, I'd love to get your thoughts on that uh, as well. one three hundred seven three six seven three six on the Harcourts open line. Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen on the 40 Winks temper text. Gil McLaughlin has spoken to media today. Um, Sam Edmund had broke news earlier about North Melbourne's assistance package uh, that's been agreed on for the AFL. Also where the Tassie bid is currently with the final submission being made uh, and where that stands. So I'll play you that and Gil's response uh, on the other side of the break. But just repeating that Josh Dunkley has officially requested a trade to Brisbane. Um, he was there very early last night. Get the feeling that that was to maybe avoid a lot of questions on the red carpet, but it was great to see. He looked at me and Bucks too. Did, did uh, Josh look relieved now that I come to think of it? Uh, the dogs will push a hard bargain. They reckon that uh, it'll be two first round draft picks for a player they believe is better now than when Essendon offered the same thing from him a couple of years ago. Um, dogs have released a statement saying all the things that you'd expect them to say, that they're not wanting to lose him, but they understand. Um, but they'll go away and have a look at now how they want to approach uh, the negotiations. Brisbane now need to get a deal done for Dunkley, maybe Jack Gunston, and then there's two father-sons, Will Ashcroft as well, they're going to get bids on, and uh, and uh, uh, Fletcher, Adrian Fletcher's son as well, that will attract bids, they think, within the top 20. So there's a bit to do for the Lions, but it could be a really profitable off-season uh, for them. Uh, back after this uh, on the Maccas run, score a one-in-four chance to win with the Monopoly game at Maccas. Do the Tassie Devils get the nod, Sam? Uh, and will they get the nod only with the stadium? And what year might they come in? I think yes and yes and 2027, Dwayne. So Tassie's final push for an AFL team uh, had its... Uh, well, big big piece of that puzzle came clear today when the AFL finally were able to present the clubs with the documentation uh, that Tasmania has presented and put forward for what would be a 19th license in the AFL, all contained on a one-page document, can you believe, Dwayne? So it proposed the 2027 as the season the team would enter the competition. It presents the Tasmanian government financial contribution, which is said to be unbelievably strong. So now it's over to the AFL, which we know, Dwayne, and we've said repeatedly, are absolutely on board now with wanting a team down there. That, that's, that's absolutely the case. And now they've put it to the clubs to go away and, uh, and come back with... Uh, after their respective board meetings and, and what they might want to do going forward. But the feasibility study in Tasmania, it's, it's identified Macquarie Point, nice but nine hectare piece of real estate down there in Hobart, right on the waterfront for a 23,000-seat stadium. Now, that is uh, predicated on federal government funding, but speaking to people this morning, they say that will absolutely happen. The state government will be involved as well, maybe a bit of private uh, investing also. Um, some nitty-gritty to be worked out here, but broad brush, Dwayne, I think, uh, I think they're going to get it done. You know, we won't do this until everyone believes that there's a um, that this is the right deal for football. We certainly presented the case today. We think it is, um, and there's questions, and we'll work through them. 
Sam Edmund updating Dwayne a little earlier on where the state of play is with the uh, Tasmanian side to come in. That was Gil McLaughlin uh, when he did a presser earlier today. And a statement uh, from Gil McLaughlin reads that the commission met today and had a really positive discussion on the business case for Tassie. This was followed by a wide-ranging discussion, a productive discussion with the 18 club presidents and CEOs afterwards. There is a collective view that if a 19th licence is to be awarded to Tassie, it must be done in a way that gives the club the best chance to be successful and a significant contributor to the competition in Tasmania more broadly. The Commission has not asked to make a decision today and will not until the clubs have had an opportunity to go through the detail and come back with their views. So they also uh, know that football fans overwhelmingly support a team in Tassie. It's been acknowledged that the broader benefits of the state of Tasmania uh, as well. Uh, it's a quite a lengthy statement, but that is uh, the broad strokes of it. The federal government has made no commitment at this stage and we haven't asked them to make a commitment. Uh, it is believed that they would, though, according to Sam's report. They've briefed the federal government on the process uh, and where we are at in looking at the business case for a 19th team, but we have made no approach to them for funding and will not seek any support until we work through the ongoing requirements around the stadium design and feasibility. So, uh, they'll, so they'll continue working with the state government. Uh, and so on and so forth. Lot worth getting on to their uh, website to have a look at that statement in full. It says, as the Premier said yesterday, a stadium that allows for events throughout the year and supports more than 4,000 jobs in the construction and almost 1,000 jobs uh, every year uh, is one of the positives of that. Um, worth having a read of that. Con in Burwood East. G'day, Con. Yeah, g'day, Guy. Just pretty upset last night about um, Joel Selwood being spoken about how great he was when Paddy Cripps was walking up to the stage to get his award. I thought it was really strange. And I think the AFL uh, had made a mistake. Uh, it, it, it felt like something that... It, this was Richard Goiter who got up, um, the AFL chair, and I, I, it did strike me as a little strange at the time, it must be said. I mean, I, 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 the sentiment was right about acknowledging what Joel Selwood has done this year in a record-breaking year and, and what he's about to do, breaking Tucky's record con, but... Um, it, it didn't feel like that was the right time to do it, and it felt a little out of place, I'll grant you that. Um, yeah, it just didn't seem to quite fit. I thought we'd gone off on a tangent, which I won't ever criticise anyone for because God knows I go off on a ton of them. Um, but, yeah, I do see your point, um, and, and there, w- there will be time, and, and we will make sure that we do celebrate what Joel Selwood's about to do this weekend in breaking a, a long-standing record held by Michael Tuck for the most uh, appearances in a finals game for a VFL-AFL player. Uh, still a bit to get through. I'll explain to you on the other side of this what the North Melbourne assistance package is. Uh, and then Matt Rendell will review the prelims. We'll have a chat about the brown line. We'll have a, a yarn about what's to come in this grand final week. Stick around. The Monopoly game at Maccas is back. Download the My Maccas app and get in the game today. Welcome to the Macca's Run with Sam Hargraves. Ah, uh, yes, indeed. Welcome back to the Macca's Run or two, uh, whichever one fits you best. Either way, wonderful to have you on board. Uh, however you're finding us, wherever you're finding us, you can call any stage. Harcourt's open line, your move, your Harcourt's, one 736 You can text in on the 40 Wings Temper text line. Um, and there's a few of those coming through. We will read through all of those, and we do it all for Macca's score, a one-in-four chance to win with a Monopoly game at Macca's. I say we'll read through them all. I'll read through as many as I can in the time that I have. I said before the break that on the other side, I would update you on uh, North Melbourne, who had put in a request for assistance. Was it going to be priority picks, or was it going to be extra rookie picks? It had been well reported on uh, in the lead-up, too. Well, the decision came down. Sam Edmund updated uh, us earlier in the day on SEN on exactly what North Melbourne were receiving in terms of an assistance 
Nations package. Hey, before I let you go, North Melbourne, uh, draft compensation's been released. It has indeed. Story in the age today by Jake Nile that the AFL has granted North Melbourne future draft picks, Dwayne, but those future picks, now they're a second round and a third round in the 2023 draft, must be traded in this exchange period for listed players as part of this special assistance package. So the AFL, we know, have already given North Melbourne an additional two rookies on the list, and that's aimed at keeping some of the younger talent if they are to bring established talent in. And Jake Knoll is reporting that they didn't want, when it came to, I guess, helping out North Melbourne with future picks, they didn't want to penalise rival clubs, and they did not want the Kangaroos to stockpile those draft picks either. So they've got to use them now as well as their current end. So that will go some way to explaining why we've got so many players linked to North Melbourne in this trade period. You know, the Griffin Logues of the world, uh, Hunter Clark even uh, as well. Darcy Tucker is another one. Um, Bradley Hill is another one. So people are always ask, well, how are North Melbourne going to do it, given they've picked one, and then you've got to go either back to 55 and 60 and 70? Well, this would explain why North Melbourne are into so many players because they've got those concessions coming in from the AFL as reported in the age moments ago. North Melbourne will receive a future uh, second round and future third round uh, pick for 2023. Uh, They will have to trade those picks this year for players and they'll also get an additional two rookie spots for retention purposes. We had a year where they got uh, mature age players only. I think they picked up Burgess... Corbett and um, Collins in that draft and then they were still uh, deemed to be needing more peace assistance John and they came back and they got an additional pick then so I think every year's assist on its merits and I think you know if you take the first year of Gold Coast it's pretty analogous which is they need some help now this will help them do that and I'm you know the Brad and the footy team know what they're doing, and I reckon that's a pretty mature response. So Sam Edmund first updating a story that broke in the age earlier today, and then Gil McLaughlin's confirmation of that in his press conference later on this afternoon. Uh, nice time to bring in uh, the list manager extraordinaire, the recruiter extraordinaire, two-time All-Australian ruck was Matt Rendell. Hello, Matty. G'day, Sam. Uh, let me turn uh, you on. Yes, Let's do that that's again. Handy. That, that uh, does good help, evening, Sam. I'm told. Good evening to you. Um, well, you're in the recruiting space, um, uh, okay, uh, North Melbourne. We've got a couple of people saying they're not happy about it. I always like the term, that if they've only got themselves to blame. But wouldn't that be true of every club? Who gets in trouble, yeah. Who <laughs> else is club. there? Um, yeah, uh, there's some clubs that stuff it up royally, isn't there? And uh, North have done that. Um, Eagles as well. But um, So... Oh, I just don't like any compromises to the draft. We've mm. got enough already. We've yeah. got stacks of them. The, the one we do like, the best is the father-son. But we've got NGAs, we've got academy players. It's it's ridiculous how much. And then we're getting compensation to a club which really messed it up themselves. Um, interesting, Brad Scott and his team, who stuffed it up at North, <laughs> are the ones who gave out the picks. Please. Well, they did make the case in in terms of other clubs who have been in similar situations and got more in terms of assistance. They didn't actually ask mm. for some of the things that the other clubs had. Well, so I, I think well, when the, when you do the comparisons, yeah, if you're well, going to grant it for those, then you re- I, I don't know what was the well, reason to not grant it for North. Well, the ones they gave it to was the Gold Coast Suns, which is the yeah, AF- Brisbane as well, though. Uh, AFL's team, Brisbane? Yeah. How think- long ago? 
Uh, the Vo- after the Vossi era, was it? Yeah, when after they no, because then they got all the players left, and then uh, all those players left, and yeah, then they, they got lost priority five pick. in one year. They got a priority, did they? Then yeah, when they lost they five in one year, because they got they got about four or five first round picks back out of that. They got some really good picks mm. from all those players that got traded. Uh, Yo, Aish, um, more two from off the, the top I think of it was during Polek. the leper during the leper time. I'd have to double check, yeah. but I, I believe it was Brisbane that they pointed to. Look, and there was I'm another not sure club as well. That, um, future second and third is going to get you a lot. Yeah, if you said future first, yes. Mm. If, but second, well, people, pl- clubs are probably looking at it and going, well, it might be 20 to 25, but Clarko might get him up to... I think he's just looking for soldiers. Eight, I, yeah. I reckon they're just looking for soldiers to get him through. I, I need blokes that I know can at least play at the level while we yeah. develop the draft well, talent the that we're going is, to bring in. The other thing is uh, they've already got... They're already getting great compensation because they got four, first pick in the preseason draft, which they can walk, they can walk a gun here. To the mm. preseason draft, which might be Griffin Loke, out of contract, they mm. can walk him and take him for nothing. They've already got a, a guild edge pick selection already there. We, you, now you and I are going into territory that, as as of next week, we're yes. going to be doing from six till seven uh, yeah, on trade say, radio that you'll hear here we'll on SEN as well. <laughs> Keep some powder dry on that because I want to talk to you about splitting pick one. By the way, but we'll yeah. we'll, we'll we'll say that. Hey, first and foremost, before we get into the prelims, um, Paddy Cripps, as thrilling a Brownlow count uh, as we've seen. Say what you want about yeah. the the broadcast of it, the night itself, and all. Oh, but when yeah. you just get to the count, um, the count was um, oh, oh, it was a nail bite. It, it was a beauty. Um, look, Big I, twist ending. I flick channels about 30 times during the night. I, I just want to watch the count, Sam. Please, just watch the count. I'll get rid of every bit of the other rubbish. <laughs> it drove me insane. Even And I missed some of the count because I didn't get back in time. But yep. uh, look, Cripps, interesting story. I'll give you a little story. He was picked 13 in that draft to Carlton. Uh, was we, a Tom Boyd went number one that yeah, year. Yeah, we had two picks. Josh at, Pelly, Marcus uh, Six and ten, I reckon. And we took uh, Sharon Berg and Freeman. Yep. Sharon Berg did three knees. And Poor old Freeman, Freeman. Freeman did a hammy and, yes. and didn't play a game for two years and then went got a million bucks for three years at St Kilda, another one of their great trades. Uh, hardly played there either, never really recovered from his bad hammy. Should have had it operated on straight away and they didn't. Um, anyway, Cripps, uh, we really like, great character, mm. great interview, watched him play a lot, great clearance man. Couldn't get out of the centre square. Couldn't run out of the centre square. Was going, mm. He oh, spoke about it last night that he, he rolled into the door. At, what, do we, <laughs> what do we do with this bloke? At Icon We Park. really like him, but what do we do with this bloke? Then they do the testing at the end of the year. He ran an 11 beep. I could run an 11 beep, Sam. <laughs> he ran an 11 beep yes. from midfield. You can't take him. And anyway, a lot of clubs thought the same. Carlton take him. What a great pick by Carlton. He mm. got himself fit. Quality person. Should have backed his... Should have backed his quality, uh, the quality person that he is in to get himself right and get himself fit. Um, uh, they and t- there was a time when I thought they might have, um, yeah, they've overworked the asset. Um, yeah. in the, the, the load that he was made to carry for most of his career until this point, really, yeah. from his second year on, um, I, I don't think it was ever fair on him. But now yeah. he's got the help and he's saying he's enjoying his footy more yeah. than ever. Surprise, surprise. Took Miller. Um, in that draft, this is the Dugowie Moore draft. Yeah, uh, we had Maynard rated about six in that draft. Is that right? It got to pick twenty nine. Right. And Gold Coast had a pick, and we had pick thirty. And I've gone, Jesus! I hope they don't pick Maynard. And they took took Miller, who we did like as a player, and we were so ecstatic to get Maynard. Mm. Now, he'll be the he- the reason we Maynard went so low. 
he could not run and ran about a 12 beat. <laughs> and you know what we said? No. We just watched Paddy Cripps kill it. And we've gone, bugger the running, we're yeah. taking Maynard. Oh, is that right? So, Paddy, so, so the decision that you were left to rue on not taking mm. the two chances you had to take mm. Paddy Cripps, you just that informed your decision to, to take, take the risk with Maynard. That's yes. a great story. Yes, to take Maynard. We've gone that, that we've made a blue and and quality character, he'll get himself right. And, and that's the reason Maynard, Maynard went so yeah. low to thirty as well. Plus he had a reputation as a party boy. Lockie Neal, uh so I'm just doing the top three here. Uh had a really good year in his draft mm. here. In the grand final playing for Glenelg, they lost by a point. He had forty. He absolutely slaughtered it. He won the Alan Stewart medal, presented by Alan Stewart, who was a great recruiter over there. And I said, uh, I said, I, I want to pick this bloke um, in the draft. And I couldn't get one great response from any of the people who worked for me. No one liked him, mainly because his kick was pretty average, really. He did mm. burn at quite a few of them back then. Anyway, so I tried to be a smart ass, and I thought, I won't speak to his manager. I'll make out I'm not interested. I'm going to take him first pick in the rookie draft. And, of course, Freo took him at pick 58. Where were you at this time? I was at Adelaide. At Adelaide. And uh, out of that mistake I made that I was hemorrhaging that he went, I thought I'll get him as a rookie. Uh, When at pick 58 in the end. The next year. I think it was the next year. Really liked Rory Laird. But this time I spoke to his manager and he said he hasn't spoken to one other club. And if you take him as a rookie, you'll be there as a rookie, I was assured. Mm. So... I should have made the phone call to his manager, Lockie Neal's manager, the year before, and I could have got both of them, Neil and Laird. At Adelaide, which is that would be a very different-looking midfield now, mm. wouldn't it? Uh, no, nicely done. Uh, and by the way, Lockie Neal becomes the first player since Gary Ablett to come first, second and third uh, in a Brownlow medal. So um, he just is a vote accumulator and continues to rack him up. And I said before, Matty, that he will rue the day that he met Marcus Windhager yes. um, and also when he first ever heard the term... Uh, when he first yes. ever heard the term the failure to afford procedural fairness, oh, uh, which is what got Paddy Cripps off, oh. uh, that two-week suspension. And then, of course, mm. he plays uh, in that game against Collingwood and gets mm. the three votes. And he was best on ground that game too. Yeah, it's an interesting one because Dermot mm. always talks about that. The, I've heard him say it for years, that to him the best player on the ground is the person who has the most influence on the mm. result. And, and I tend to fall... Into that camp too, but I understand that in a line ball one point game. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, look, I, I look for that all the time. Influence, influence, influence. I talk yep. about it all the time, but really hard for the umpires to be able to do that, uh, that influence and um, and umpire the game at the same time. So, um, understandably, it's a midfielder's medal. We're going to come back and talk prelim finals and get your view on Geelong's performance. I think that'll be pretty concise, uh, short and sharp. Yeah. Dominant, I would imagine, will be in there somewhere. And then we'll um, get your thoughts on what unfolded with the Swans and the Pies at the SCG uh, the next day on Saturday afternoon. Uh, this is the Maccas run. Score a one in four chance to win the Nopoli game at Maccas. Matt Rendell with us. You can be too. one three hundred seven three six seven three six on the Harcourt's open line. The Monopoly game at Maccas is back. Download the My Maccas app and get in the game today. Welcome to the Maccas Run with Sam Hargraves. Ah, yes, indeed. Welcome back to the Maccas Run or two, uh, whichever one fits you best. Either way, wonderful to have you on board. Uh, however you're finding us, wherever you're finding us, you can call any stage. Harcourt's open line. You'll move your Harcourt's one three hundred seven three six seven three six. You can text in on the 40 Wings Temper text line. Um, 
and there's a few of those coming through. We will read through all of those, and we do it all for Macca's score, a one-in-four chance to win with a Monopoly game at Macca's. I say we'll read through them all. I'll read through as many as I can in the time that I have. I said before the break that on the other side, I would update you on uh, North Melbourne, who had put in a request for assistance, whether it's going to be priority picks or was it going to be extra rookie picks, as had been well reported on uh, in the lead-up too. Well, the decision came down. Sam Edmund updated uh, us earlier in the day on SEN on exactly what North Melbourne were receiving in terms of an assistance package. Hey, before I let you go, North Melbourne, uh, draft compensation's been released. It has indeed. Story in the age today by Jake Nile that the AFL has granted North Melbourne future draft picks, Dwayne, but those future picks, now they're a second round and a third round in the 2023 draft, must be traded in this exchange period for listed players as part of this special assistance package. So, the AFL, we know, have already given North Melbourne an additional two rookies on the list, and that's aimed at keeping some of the younger talent if they are to bring established talent in. And Jake Knowles is reporting that they didn't want, when it came to, I guess, helping out North Melbourne with future picks, they didn't want to penalise rival clubs, and they did not want the Kangaroos to stockpile those draft picks either. So they've got to use them now, as well as their current hand. So that will go some way to explaining why we've got so many players linked to North Melbourne in this trade period. You know, the Griffin Logues in the world... Uh, Hunter Clark, even uh, as well. Darcy Tucker is another one. Um, Bradley Hill is another one. So people always ask, well, how are North Melbourne going to do it, given they have picked one, and then you've got to go either back to 55 and 60 and 70? Well, this would explain why North Melbourne are into so many players, because they've got those, con- those concessions coming in from the AFL, as reported in the age moments ago. North Melbourne will receive a future uh, second round and future third round uh, pick for 2023. Uh, they will have to trade those picks this year for players, and they'll also get an additional two rookie spots for retention purposes. We had a year where they got uh, mature age players only. I think they picked up Burgess, Corbett, and um, Collins in that draft, and then they were still uh, deemed to be needing more pieces. Assistance, John, and they came back and they got an additional pick then. So I think every year is assessed on its merits. I think, you know, if you take the first year of Gold Coast, it's pretty analogous, which is they need some help now. This will help them do that. And I'm, you know, the Brad and the footy team know what they're doing, and I reckon that's a pretty mature response. So Sam Edmund first updating a story that broke in the age earlier today and then Gil McLaughlin's confirmation of that in his press conference later on this afternoon. Uh, nice time to bring in uh, the list manager extraordinaire, the recruiter extraordinaire, two-time All-Australian ruck was Matt Rendell. Hello, Matty. G'day, Sam. Uh, let me turn you evening. on. Let's yes, do that again. Handy. That, that uh, does help, evening, Sam. I'm told. Good evening to you. Um, well, you're in the recruiting space, um, uh, okay, uh, North Melbourne. We've got a couple of people saying they're not happy about it. I always like the term, that they've only got themselves to blame. But wouldn't that be true of every club? Who gets in trouble, yeah. It is true Who else is club. there? Um, yeah, uh, there's some clubs that stuff it up royally, isn't there? And uh, North have done that. Um, Eagles as well. But um, So... Oh, I just don't like any compromises to the draft. We've mm. got enough already. We've yeah. got stacks of them. The the one we do like the best is the father son, but we've got NGAs, we've got academy players. It's it's ridiculous how much. And then we're getting compensation to a club which really messed it up themselves. 
Um, interesting, Brad Scott and his team, who stuffed it up at North, <laughs> are the ones who gave out the picks. Please. Well, they did make the case in, in terms of other clubs who have been in similar situations and got more in terms of assistance. They didn't actually ask mm. for some of the things that the other clubs had. Well, so I, I well, think when, they, when you do the comparisons... Yeah, if you're well, going to grant it for those, then you re- I, I don't know what was the well, reason to not grant it for North. Well, the ones they gave it to was the Gold Coast Suns, which is the yeah, AF- Brisbane as well, though. Uh, AFL's team, Brisbane? Yeah, the, I How think, long ago? With uh, the Vo- after the Vossi era, was it? Yeah, when after they... No, because then they got all the players left and then all those players left. And yeah, then they, they got lost priority five pick. in one year. They got a priority, did they? Then yeah, when they lost they five in one year. Because they got, they got about four or five first-round picks back out of that. They got some really good picks mm. from all those players that got traded. Uh, Yo, Aish, um, more two from off the, the top I think of it was during Polek. the leper. During the leper time. I'd have to double check, yeah. but I, I believe it was Brisbane that they pointed to. Look, and there was I'm another not club sure as well. That, um, future second and third is going to get you a lot. Yeah, if you said future first, yes, mm. you, but second, well, people, pl- clubs are probably looking at it and going, well, it might be twenty to twenty-five, but Clark, they might get him up to. I think he's just looking for soldiers. Eight, I, yeah. I reckon they're just looking for soldiers to get him through. I need blokes that I know can at least play at the level while we yep. develop the draft well, talent the that we're going is, to bring in. The other thing is uh, they've already got they're already getting great compensation because they got four, first pick in the preseason draft, which they can walk they can walk a gun here to mm. the preseason draft, which might be Griffin Loke out of contract. They mm. can walk him and take him for nothing. They've already got a, a gilt edge pick selection already there. We, you, now, you and I are going into territory that, as, as of next week, we're yes. going to be doing from 6 till 7 uh, yeah, we'll on Trade sa- Radio that you'll hear here we'll on SEN as well. <laughs> Keep some powder dry on that because I want to talk to you about splitting pick one, by the way. But we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll say that. Hey, first and foremost, before we get into the prelims, um, Paddy Cripps, as thrilling a Brownlow count uh, as we've seen, say what you want about yeah. the, the broadcast of it, the night itself and all, oh, but when yeah. you just get to the count, um, the count was, um, oh, oh, it was, was a nail bite. It, it was a beauty. Um, look, Big I, twist ending. I flick channels about 30 times during the night. I, I just want to watch the count, Sam. Please, just watch the count. I'll get rid of every bit of the other <laughs> rubbish. It drove me insane. Even And I missed some of the count because I didn't get back in time. But yep. uh, look, Cripps, interesting story. I'll give you a little story. He was picked 13 in that draft to Carlton. Uh, was we, a Tom Boyd went number one that yeah, year. Yeah, we had two picks. Josh at, Pelly, Marcus uh, Six and ten, I reckon. And we took uh, Sharon Berg and Freeman. Yep. Sharon Berg did three knees. And Poor old Freeman, Freeman. Freeman did a hammy and, yes. and didn't play a game for two years and then went, got a million bucks for three years at St Kilda, another one of their great trades. Uh, hardly played there either, never really recovered from his bad hammy. Should have had it operated on straight away and they didn't. Um, anyway, Cripps, uh, we really like, great character, mm. great interview, watched him play a lot, great clearance man. Couldn't get out of the centre square. Couldn't run out of the centre square. Was going, mm. He well, spoke about it last night that he, he rolled into the door. At, what, do we, at, <laughs> what do we do with this bloke? At Icon We Park. really like him, but what do we do with this bloke? Then they do the testing at the end of the year. He ran an 11 beep. I could run an 11 beep, Sam. <laughs> he ran an 11 beep yes. from midfield. You can't take him. And anyway, a lot of clubs thought the same. Carlton take him. What a great pick by Carlton. He mm. got himself fit. Quality person. Should have backed his... Should have backed his quality, uh, the quality person that he is in to get himself right and get himself fit. Um, uh, they, they And there was a time when I thought they might have um, 
yeah, they've overworked the asset. Um, yeah. in the, the, the load that he was made to carry for most of his career until this point, really, yeah. from his second year on, um, I, I don't think it was ever fair on him. But now yeah. he's got the help and he's saying he's enjoying his footy more yeah. than ever. Surprise, surprise. Took Miller um, in that draft. This is the Dugowie Moore draft. Yeah. Uh, we had Maynard rated about six in that draft. Is that right? It got to pick 29. Right. And Gold Coast had a pick and we had pick 30. And I've gone, Jesus, I hope they don't pick... Maynard, and they took took Miller, who we did like as a player, and we were so ecstatic to get Maynard. Mm. Now, He'll be the, he, the reason we Maynard went so low, he could not run and ran about a 12 beat. <laughs> and you know what we said? No. We just watched Paddy Cripps kill it. And we've gone, bugger the running, we're yeah. taking Maynard. Oh, is that right? We'll so, Paddy, so, so the decision that you were left to rue on not taking mm. the two chances you had to take mm. Paddy Cripps, you just that informed your decision to, to take, take the risk with Maynard. That's yes. a great story. Yes, to take Maynard. We've gone that, that we've made a blue and and quality character, he'll get himself right. And, and that's the reason Maynard, year, Maynard went Maynard. so low to th- thirty as well. Plus he had a reputation as a party boy. Lockie Neal, uh so I'm just doing the top three here. Uh had a really good year in his draft mm. year. In the grand final playing for Glenelg, they lost by a point. He had forty. He absolutely slaughtered it. He won the Alan Stewart medal, presented by Alan Stewart, who was a great recruiter over there. And I said, uh, I said, I, I want to pick this bloke it, um, in the draft. And I couldn't get one great response from any of the people who worked for me. No one liked him, mainly because his kick was pretty average, really. He did mm. burn at quite a few of them back then. Anyway, so I tried to be a smart ass, and I thought, I won't speak to his manager. I'll make out I'm not interested. I'm going to take him first pick in the rookie draft. And, of course, Freo took him at pick 58. Where were you at this time? I was at Adelaide. At Adelaide. And uh, out of that mistake I made that I was hemorrhaging that he went, I thought I'll get him as a rookie. Uh, When at pick 58 then? The next year. I think it was the next year. Really liked Rory Laird. But this time I spoke to his manager and he said he hasn't spoken to one other club. And if you take him as a rookie, you'll be there as a rookie, I was assured. Mm. So... I should have made the phone call to his manager, Lockie Newell's manager, the year before, and I could have got both of them, Neil and Laird. At Adelaide, which is that to be mm. a very different-looking midfield now, mm. wouldn't it? Uh, no, nicely done. Uh, and by the way, Lockie Neal becomes the first player since Gary Ablett to come first, second and third uh, in a Brownlow medal. So um, he just is a vote accumulator and continues to rack him up. And I said before, Maddie, that he will rue the day that he met Marcus Windhager. Yes. Um, and also when he first ever heard the term... Uh, when he first yes. ever heard the term the failure to afford procedural fairness, oh, uh, which is what got Paddy Cripps off, oh. uh, that two-week suspension. And then, of course, Ooh. he plays uh, in that game against Collingwood and gets Ooh. the three votes. And he was best on ground that game too. Yeah, it's an interesting one because Ooh. Dermot always talks about, that. The I've heard him say it for years, that to him the best player on the ground is the person who has the most influence on the Ooh. result. And, and I tend to fall... Into that camp too, but I understand that in a line it's ball one point game. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, look, I, I look for that all the time. Influence, influence, influence. I talk yep. about it all the time, but really hard for the umpires to be able to do that. Uh, that influence and um, and umpire the game at the same time. So, um, understandably, it's a midfielder's medal. We're going to come back and talk prelim finals and get your view on Geelong's performance. I think that'll be pretty concise, uh, short and sharp. Yeah. Dominant, I would imagine, will be in there somewhere. And then we'll um, get your thoughts on what unfolded with the Swans and the Pies at the SCG uh, the next day on Saturday afternoon.
Uh, this is the Maccas run. Score a one in four chance to win the Nopoli game at Maccas. Matt Rendell with us. You can be too. one 736 736 on the Harcourt's open line. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals. All thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.